and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude uh, podcast, everybody. It's been a while. Uh, I'm Eric, and that is Sarah. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. I forgot how to do the intro. Today, we have a bit of a story time slash update. An update on a topic that we originally brought up months ago in episode 72, which is titled Chatting About Anxiety. Sarah asked me to pull up uh, the episode so she could see the name and the number, and then it was, I thought it was funny that you just read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> episode 72. Yeah, we have it up on our uh, screen right now. So that episode was recorded in what, June? It came out on June 30th. So this is uh, something we have been grappling with in our lives since then. So want to give a little bit of a, a, a background on the yeah. topic? Um, okay. First of all, I'm extremely embarrassed. Second of all, I know that anyone who has struggled with anxiety or any other mental health struggles will say there's no reason to be. I mean, I, I think everyone would say there's no reason to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Yet, I am. Uh, so in that episode, I talked a lot about this this experience I had where I went to the gym by myself and I felt a lot of anxiety and I felt unable to control it like I usually am mm-hmm. or usually had been uh, up until that point. And it really freaked me out and I got really scared. And then we did an episode about it. And yeah, if you listen to that, you remember all this, but that was at the end of June, like we said. And, you know, I, I this this came up because... I listened to the portion of that episode last night where I was talking about the whole anxiety experience because I was like, I, I want to know what my perspective was when it happened. Mm-hmm. Like when the, uh, like what do you like? The precipitating event. Yes, the precipitating <laughs> event happened. Thank you. I just wanted to hear like what Eric was like mm-hmm. when that happened. Um, A little bit of context just in case anyone is tuning in who is new to the podcast, I suppose, or new to us. We both work from home and have since the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. And for the most part, we have gone places together. We don't need to go that many places anyway. We just go to the grocery store. We go to the gym. Sometimes we go to see friends. We go on walks, but we don't need to leave the house that often. And we've also been in a pandemic, so... For the most part, we've been going places together and Eric going to the gym alone several months ago was kind of the first instance of him having this type of anxiety. Yeah, I had had this kind of anxiety. Like I would go on runs. I would drive, you know, my mom lives like an hour away from us. So for Mother's Day last spring, I drove all the way out there and I get this kind of like far away from home, uh, lonely, alone in the world feeling when I'm alone and somewhat far away from the house. Mm -hmm. But I've always been able to say, take a deep breath. You're fine. You're going to get back home. You're going to get to where you're going. You'll be okay. And it was this one precipitating event going to the gym where I felt like I couldn't control it. Um, And in the episode, episode 72... I I literally said, I was like, you know, the only way I'm going to handle this is to just not let it get out of control and I'm just going to handle it and just keep going places alone and I'll get over it. Uh, and then I didn't at all. Mm-hmm. And how many months is that? Several. <laughs> like six, seven, it's like seven months. Mm-hmm. It's been like seven months and I um, haven't gone anywhere by myself. 
So you have gone a few places. I mean, like I went to the post office, mm-hmm. which is literally one block away from us. Like it's one intersection and then you're in the parking lot. And I did that and it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of it. And like this is, I don't know, the reason I'm embarrassed by it. And I'll I'll say it again. I know there's no reason to be embarrassed by your mental health issues. But I personally am because I've always been like a strong, confident guy, go places by myself, do things by myself. It literally never mattered to me. Mm-hmm. And then I had like this one crushing moment of anxiety and I just like backed myself away from it completely mm-hmm. and like shut myself off from even the possibility of trying anything again. Um, but it's getting to the point where it is not only a problem for me, but a problem for Sarah. And it's like, I, like we can feel it. Like if this keeps going on, it's going to cause some sort of issue, mm-hmm. right? Um, so obviously I won't delve too much into that, but into what, like what the problem, you know what I mean? Oh, our, our interpersonal things. Yeah. Oh, I mean, either way it's fine. It's kind of obvious. Just kind of like as an example. Okay. So we really don't mind doing most things together. So it, it's not like this thing that is coming up every single day, um, like presenting a real problem every single day, but just occasionally it does. Like, for example, I had a project for work and Eric had to go to a doctor's appointment. And normally he would have just gone on his own, but I kind of had to pause what I was doing and I was like operating on a a deadline, right? And like go drop him off and then pick him up later. So today, the reason we're recording this podcast episode and that, that event was like also like maybe two months ago, that was in October. And just because of our lifestyle, it's kind of very easy to just push it to the back burner because we don't have to go that many places. And we could up. technically, you know, we both control our own schedules. So like we could, in theory, just go everywhere together. But it would just, you know, for your peace of mind, be nice to be able to go somewhere on your own. Um, especially since we're like kind of hoping to be moving in the summer closer to people that we know and it would be nice if eric could go hang out with friends or family or whatever and me not have to be there every time yeah a lot has come up because Mm -hmm. like we've sarah and i have had so many conversations about like what the anxiety is about like is it i'm afraid something medical is going to happen to me while i'm alone outside the house because i have so much like medical trauma in my past Mm -hmm. or is it like do I have abandonment issues and like being alone out in the world is scary because I feel like I'm going to come home and Sarah's not going to be there and she mm. will have left and fled. Oh my God. Like, like all these like things are like, is that it? Is mm. that it? Um, I've been asking just a lot of questions because, you know, I don't fully understand it either. I don't know if you do either. The biggest problem or, is that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a while, I, it, it seemed to most often happen, happen when you were driving places. Mm. Um, and even before, you know, before you were working from home, like a couple of years ago, sometimes you would get a bit of anxiety when you were like boxed into traffic or something. Yeah. And I'm like, is this driving anxiety? Um, but, you know, when we drive places, because I don't really like driving, Eric will typically drive us and he doesn't really have anxiety in those situations. So it is very much a like being in isolation sort of thing. Yeah. Like I, I think the traffic thing was... 
like really the first example in like adulthood for me is I would get this really mm-hmm. cl- well it's traffic and being on airplanes yeah. no matter who I'm with on an airplane now I take Klonopin when I go on an airplane because I just have overwhelming claustrophobia mm-hmm. like I can't when you're in a plane in the air you can't change your situation yeah and it's like you're just in you're in a plane right the plane can't land mm-hmm. you can't leave the plane <laughs> you're just stuck until your flight is over and for some reason that terrifies me i mean that thing and the traffic thing they both stem from me getting a lot of cat scans and pet scans when i was sick mm-hmm. and feeling really claustrophobic in the big 2b machines mm-hmm. that was the first time i experienced that so i definitely am traumatized from that and it yeah. comes up in those places but this whole alone thing maybe it's related maybe it's separate mm-hmm. um but i mean obviously we can't like we can't talk about this without talking about how many other people probably have anxiety now about being out in the world whether they're alone or with people they know oh, and yeah. love mm-hmm. because you know we're approaching we're ending our our second full year of covid times mm-hmm. and like it can't be understated that like there's no way I'm the only person. Feeling yeah, this. I feel like anytime you've told somebody, I mean, they've been like sad for you and like concerned, but not like overwhelmingly shocked. Not like what is wrong with you? Yeah, they're, it's like it kind of makes sense. Um, I do know a lot of people dealing with that. And especially I think younger people who maybe like were living with family already, mm-hmm. um, you know, like people on the cusp of moving out. or or whatever if you were going to go to college or something and then all of that kind of got shut down i feel like there's a lot of younger people who are kind of like i don't know like an arrested development situation yeah and yeah i just wanted to bring that up because well a it's important Mm -hmm. right because who knows how many people listening feel something similar yeah but i mean like this podcast is called what is life dude because sarah and i have and always have had you know existential thoughts Mm -hmm. of some kind and mine are kind of just like sometimes it freaks me out to be a a human Mm -hmm. just to like (laughs) i like i know there are like eight billion people on the planet at any given time but like that's not that many compared to like all of history all of history and like how many stars are in the universe yeah like it's it's not that many and i'm like wow i'm really i'm one of them mm-hmm. somehow and then you think like there are eight billion other people that are having you know the sonder thing mm-hmm. they're having this they're having a, an experience not similar in what's happened to them mm-hmm. but similar in like they also see through their eyes and wander around the planet (laughs) like it's just like it's so crazy and fascinating to me and i think being isolated for almost two years in the house like i'm just like oh other people exist how do i even function around other people and you know just the political climate today i feel like there's like on top of being separated physically there's so much political division and i don't know it's like also half of the world like you don't really regard as like a real human sometimes because you're so angry Mm. um i feel like that's just happening a lot i'm seeing that a lot and yeah just a lot of separation so yeah a lot of distance between connections Mm -hmm. you know um but i think that's kind of the that's like the overall that's the explanation 
Yeah, right? and obviously there's we've this is something we've been talking about for so long, and we just keep pulling like new little like layers and facets out. Um, but okay, the whole whole reason we are we decided to record this episode was because we kind of experienced a milestone this morning, <laughs> and I want to talk about it because I think when people are dealing with a I mean, any sort of issue that is kind of hindering you from living your life normally, it's important to celebrate the little victories, you know? Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's like, it's so important for me to get back to how I used to be mm. because I don't feel like myself this this entire time. I haven't felt like myself. Like This is not who I am. Like, I, I, I just feel like I've gone through so much in my life. And then to just to like shut down mm-hmm. over like because of something like this, it's like, come on, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've been through worse things than like having anxiety when you're 10 minutes away from the house. Like I've been through worse and I know I can handle it. And now, like we said, now that we're like, hmm, this could actually turn into an issue that is problematic for our relationship. Right. I'm like, I have to fix it. Yeah. Now. I mean, I deal with things by researching. That's like just my personality. And I kind of started to lurk around like r slash agoraphobia and just read people's AMAs like, oh, I haven't left my house in six years or whatever. Ask me anything. And... It just, it seems, I mean, it's so crazy how varied the reasons are for developing that condition, but it it becomes an anxiety about anxiety, you know? So it's like some people, they start with an anxiety about being exposed to germs, or for some people, the agoraphobia is like social-based, as in they'd, they'd say... If the world were empty, I'd go out into it. But it, since I can see people, I don't want to. Some people are afraid of driving. Some people, I don't know. It's just really interesting. But ultimately, it usually becomes a fear of like having a panic attack in public. In addition to the, like the base fear of a thing or situation. And no matter how much you intellectualize it and talk about it, you can't really make any progress towards healing unless you actually like go into the world. Like you can't, I don't know, you can like figure out where something comes from if you talk about it, but you kind of have to create, um, I don't know, like little tests for yourself or little situations where you're exposed to the scary thing. So that's kind of what we started to do today (laughs) well we were like brainstorming like what can i go do that's like relatively Mm low-key just to like feel it out you know so our favorite coffee shop is in the it's a kiosk in the middle of our mall (laughs) yeah which is so weird but they really do have good coffee Mm -hmm. um so sarah's been wanting this uh like half calf (laughs) bean that they have there so, I was, so she's like oh let's go grab a bag of beans and we were like well what if eric just went and grabbed the beans now mind you the mall is a three minute drive maybe two and a half um 
but to me in my current state it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you, like it it well it does it does to some extent because right. we weren't about to send you on an hour-long drive right and yeah when i say it doesn't matter i mean like it doesn't matter it was still scary mm-hmm. <laughs> like it doesn't matter that it was only three minutes i was still scared yeah. um so we were kind of just like talking about like when i was gonna do it and I, I don't know i i've been getting out of bed before sarah and doing a little 10 minute meditation and while i was meditating i kept getting distracted by thoughts of like you should just go do this thing like you should just go get the beans so i, I was like yeah, I, I want to but like you know i'm scared and then i kind of just I just finished my meditation and told Sarah, I was like, I'm just going to go get the beans. And then I sat in the par- in my car in the parking lot, in our parking lot, for maybe five whole minutes. Just so scared. Mm-hmm. Just so scared. And like you were saying, I mean, my anxiety started because of that incident where I felt really alone and mm-hmm. vulnerable and unsafe. Mm-hmm. Right? And ever since then, it's just been a fear of feeling that anxiety again so it's not even like you said it's not even a fear of the thing it's a fear of the anxiety so i just sat there and i was like i'm just gonna drive around the block so i just drove around the block got home in like a minute (laughs) and i was like that was too easy Mm -hmm. and then so i texted sarah from the parking lot and i was like i'm still here i think i might just go drive around the block and she was like okay and then i didn't text her again and i just went to the mall Mm -hmm. went inside got the beans went home and i was like that was so easy and you don't have a panic disorder like i don't panic mm-hmm. i didn't pa- it was i it was 100 percent fine yeah and i don't know if we already said this but the anxiety for you has become like what if i have a panic attack mm-hmm. like that's been a large part of it yeah we realized last night when we were talking about this that I've only ever had a panic attack when I was under the influence of marijuana mm. and I've never been sober and yeah. had a panic attack. But it was such like a traumatic experience for you. It's like, it's funny. I always think about things in terms of, I don't know, like in this like mythological way. And I'm like, oh, in the story of you, what are the formative experiences? And it's funny because this, ex- I don't know, we must have talked about this episode on the podcast before, right? Your experience, your panic attack. Oh, I, th- I think I, um, I must have, yeah. Yeah. I think I even talked about it in episode 72. Okay. I think. Yeah, well, the TLDR is Eric got too high one time By alone. Myself. And had like a dissociative panicky experience that has stayed with him to this day. Yeah, I was taking a shower, listening <laughs> listening to Green Day in the shower in my apartment alone. Um, and I was washing myself. And I just like had this feeling that I like wasn't doing it. Like I wasn't touching my own body. Mm-hmm. Like I was outside of my body. And I had never experienced anything like that before. And it just, it was so scary. It's so funny because I just, I know you, how you are now, you know? And to think about you before that incident being like a quote unquote normal, like carefree dude who like smoked weed smokes every day. every day. And like Eric doesn't smoke at all, like at all now. For what's now obvious reasons. Or you don't partake in any sort of weeds. No, I, I, no, I do not get high anymore. Yeah. 
because of that experience. Mm-hmm. So the thought of like you prior to that is like so foreign to me and I'm really curious, but um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's like another layer there that is impacting this experience, the fear of the panic they experience in this really limited situation. And it's funny because like that, that anxiety is easy to handle. You just don't smoke weed. <laughs> and then you can't worry about getting anxious when you get high. Just don't get high. And I never had anxiety about it again. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there were times where like, like remember before um, the wedding in the mountains a few years ago, my mm-hmm. cousin's wedding, we went to the dispensary and I got like that high CBD, low THC weed, mm-hmm. like a joint, like a pre-rolled joint. I was like smoking it with my family and like taking like tiny little puffs because I was like, they say when it's that low thc like you don't really get high Mm -hmm. you know like the cbd like relaxes you but it's non-psychoactive and i was still i didn't get high and i was still anxious because i was just smoking weed feeling like it's gonna make me anxious Mm -hmm. and it's it's the same it's it's all the same everyone's just anxious about being anxious Mm -hmm. because of a bad experience they had not everyone you know yeah so I did the thing this morning. <laughs> Sarah told me, you know, <laughs> she was like, just go drive to the parking lot and sit there, like outside the coffee shop. She was like, and if you feel anxious, just film yourself or record a voice memo and just list all the reasons you feel anxious. And she's like, I guarantee as you're saying them out loud, you're going to realize there's nothing to like, there's nothing to worry about. And you even said you were like, and you'll probably just laugh at yourself. <laughs> Obviously, this is not advice for everyone. Mm-hmm. Just want to put a disclaimer out there. I mean, we've done so much research, and I guess, like you said, p- therapists recommend exposure therapy for mm-hmm. people with phobias and fears. Yeah, but obviously, it's not the same for everybody. So, Sarah was like, "I think this will work for you. Just go and and I did that. I got to the parking lot and I was filming myself, and I was like, "These are the reasons I feel anxious." And as I was filming myself, I was like, nothing's happening, though. And, like, just saying it out loud and, like, seeing myself being filmed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, it really drives the point home that, like, in my specific case, yeah, like, there's nothing really to worry about here. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to turn around and go home. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, hmm, I'm going to get the beans. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. <laughs> I'm cause, going like, in. <laughs> it sounds so trivial and, like. But it's, it's not, you know. It's not to me because mm-hmm. in my brain, it's like this huge mountain to climb, you know. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so I, 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 <laughs> I got back. I got back to our apartment and I filmed myself again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, see, you're literally a superhero. Like, you're exactly. fine. <laughs> like, yeah. you can, you just did that. And I felt so strong and powerful. Man, if there weren't a group of people listening to this who could potentially be helped by my story, yeah, I would not. Really, be t- I would. I mean, I would tell like my family, mm. but I would kind of just. Like, I don't really want to. Oh, I think it's so important to talk about, and I want to mention this video. That I shared it with Eric yesterday. We were like up late, like, just talking about anxiety. Shocking. I was talking about all of my weird anxiety things, just because I feel like when you like, obviously, how we started this podcast episode was. Eric's like, I'm embarrassed. And we're all embarrassed of our own things. And then when we put it out there, other people are like very quick to kind of 
comfort us and like make us feel a bit more okay about it. So I think it's really important to just put it out there, even if even if you don't have a solution, even if it's still something that is weighing on you. But there was a video that I, or a TikTok I saw from um, like a music artist that I follow. Her name is Mothica. Yes. And she's, I believe, 25. And she, her music kind of blew up and her career started at the beginning of the pandemic. So she's been a musician like from home for the past two years. And now, you know, it's time for her to start thinking about touring and like doing more like social engagements. And she's like, I, I don't know how to do it because I'm afraid of traveling. I'm afraid of being on planes. Like I have a lot of like um, body dysmorphia, dysmorphic feelings. And it just feels like a lot. And she was just kind of like crying in the video and explaining it. And she didn't have a solution. She was kind of, it was kind of like a plea for help even. Because um, I think people just want to connect. And you don't have to figure things out before you put it out there. Because even just seeing that, I don't deal with these issues specifically. But I still felt really, mm, I don't know. It's always, it's complicated when someone says that they're struggling with something. You don't feel better because of it, but you feel more, what's the word? You feel validated. Yeah, you it's the whole seen. you're not alone thing, you know? And because it's very easy to believe that you're just like the weird broken one. Yeah, because like, um, how do I even, like if we were sitting in the mall mm-hmm. having coffee yeah, and like someone like our age, like nervously like walked up to us mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I know I don't know you guys, but like I feel really anxious about being alone. Mm-hmm. And like, I just needed someone to talk to, to like, connect with someone to like feel better Mm -hmm. i'd be like cool man like yeah you're okay like i know how you feel like you know like just to connect and like accept that person you know what i mean right it's like that but on tiktok yeah (laughs) like on a much bigger scale i mean i i just feel like the whole core of it is we're like very afraid that no one will love us And then we associate not being loved with not surviving because that's what we learn when we're children. Like if our parents didn't love us, we would die Mm -hmm. because we wouldn't be provided for. And I think that's still like really deeply embedded in our psyches. So just to like put something out there and realize that it doesn't necessarily change other people's like valuation of your worth. Like they still love you and they still want the best for you. I think is really important. Yeah. So that's why we wanted to share this. Yeah. And definitely for like what I've been experiencing, going out and doing the thing mm-hmm. is going to be extremely useful. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like, like I just think about like the other scary things I've done in my life. So like I've had this like far away from home. I'm alone. I'm unsafe. I've had that feeling so many times before in my adult life, but I've always been able to like rationalize and like handle it Mm -hmm. and and, like to actually talk to myself and be like, you're okay for these reasons. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like the fear of not being able to connect with the rational side of my brain. You know, you know, like I went camping with my friend Ed a few years ago. Like we drove hours into the mountains in Colorado and we camped at 12,000 feet and it was raining the whole time and we were just out in the middle of fucking nowhere 
And no, you got lost on the hike. <laughs> no cell service, right? In the middle of a rainstorm, no one else was around. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so raw and it was so scary. But like I did those kinds of things often enough mm-hmm. where like I always knew like I could, I could, I can do this. Yeah. It's going to be scary, but I can do it. <clears throat> so the reason this has become such an issue is because I had the scary experience and then stopped having scary experiences. And I built up this fear in my mind month after month. And it's like, you just gotta, you gotta keep facing the scary thing because mm-hmm. you'll always be stronger. Right. Again, I'm just speaking from my experience. Listen to your, do what your therapist says, not what I say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the other thing that you always remind yourself is, oh, I one time flew to Korea alone. Mm-hmm. Like, how how long was that flight? Like 16 hours. Oh, my God. I can't. 14? I mean, like, I would do it. I don't have a problem being alone, but, like, that just sounds so uncomfortable to me. But <laughs> I have no idea how I did it. Yeah. And especially on those flights, like, I mean, I was flying from JFK in New York. Mm-hmm. So, and so, like, there were Korean people going back to Korea. Mm-hmm. There were American people. There were people, like, I wasn't just alone. I was in a plane full of people who, like, most of them didn't even speak English. Like, yeah. it's just, like, I, I have no idea how I and did no that. And no Klonopin. No Klonopin. I, nothing. I just had my phone with music on it and, like, yeah. my big headphones. Yeah. And, like, I just, like, slept mm-hmm. and just, like, looked at my phone. Yeah. I don't get it. It's crazy how our brains get so fucked up from some from certain things. Yeah. But the best thing about our brains is that we can unfuck them. Mm-hmm. Because... <laughs> our brains can think about themselves think about that (laughs) what is life dude man Mm -hmm. like our brains can perceive what our brains are doing and doing wrong and what you want them to do Mm. so like if you fuck your brain (laughs) we can unfuck them okay anything else no it's cathartic good and i hope it helps somebody Mm -hmm. certainly helped me Good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm going to keep taking these little steps and I'm going to get my brain back to normal. Oh, yeah. After Eric got home, I was like, oh, the next task that we are going to give you is we just had some friends um, buy a home like seven minutes away from us. And they're like in the middle of moving and everything's in disarray. And I'm like, I'm going to make them like pierogies or something. And I'm going to have you deliver them. I'll just be the delivery boy. So that's the next. And that'll be good because both ends of the destination will have people that you know. Yeah. So you can like go there, like calm down, like chat a little bit, pet their cute dog, mm-hmm. and then you can come home. Yeah. Yeah. Though, honestly, after this morning's experience, <laughs> I feel like, like, I don't even feel worried about. Good. I don't feel worried about it. Good. So I'm like, see, you you can handle your own brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we are going to do another episode at some point, probably fairly soon, because we have all the stuff to talk about with music, mm-hmm. music things. Um, so look forward to that. I'm not going to make any promises. I don't know when. Oh, we dropped a new song. We um, released a new song. <laughs> I feel like if you're listening to this, you'd probably know because you'd probably follow us on social media. <laughs> yeah, but we dropped a new song. It's called Minus Sign. Yes. Uh, Sarah wrote the song. Indeed. Our first original song, I Know How to Breathe, I wrote that song. So Minus Sign is the first Sarah original. Yeah. Um, and I can say, because I didn't write it, 
I can brag and say the song is fucking good. Like the core of the song is amazing. Well, thank you. And then we turned it into like this big kind of throwback 90s, 2000s, like poppy, punky, grungy song. Mm. So if you're into guitars and drums and amazing lyrics, um, oh. check it out. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more in depth in the next episode the next yeah. episode will be creative stuff it was all creative stuff yeah i just needed to get that out of my system mm-hmm. um so go stream minus sign and let us know what you think and if you have anxiety feel free to dm me on instagram or send us an email mm-hmm. and talk to me about it because you are not alone and by me saying you are not alone reminds me that i am not alone so thank you and we love you mm-hmm and we'll, we'll uh, see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Supporter shout out. Hey, everybody. This is the end of the episode. So I'm going to do the supporter shout out. And this is basically a shout out to the list of people who give us a monthly donation. I know the podcast is kind of in flux right now and it's not as consistent as it used to be. Um, but we are still all the very much well same appreciative (laughs) of the people who donate monthly that didn't make any sense so i'm going to shout out the people and read the names now shout out to inga mel morgan jennifer scotty glenn kevin jessica marie jill tiffany nina izzy alexis nicole Teresa, merv anna megan and samantha Thank you all so, so very much for your kind donations, and we will see you next episode.